slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today. We've got a lot to discuss. The Islanders skate away with a big 7-2 win over the Boston Bruins last night. We'll break it down and explain why speed was one of the biggest differences in this hockey game and what the Islanders did right, especially in that third period. We'll also preview both games coming up this weekend against the Penguins at the Coliseum, both Saturday and Sunday. We'll have a full look at that matchup as the Islanders try to get a little revenge. And, of course, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more also coming up on today's episode. If there's something Islanders-related on your mind, maybe you have a question, a comment about something we said, or... Maybe there's a topic you'd like us to discuss. Well, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. I will keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And, of course, I also do live tweet during Islanders games so you can get instant analysis and insight into what's happening on the ice. All right, the Islanders with an explosive five-goal third period, and they come away with a 7-2 to win over the Boston Bruins. And, you know, the thing about this game, as a theme to me, really was, more than anything, team speed. The Islanders had it, they took advantage of it, and they used it to find ways to beat the Boston Bruins. Matthew Barzal's goal, uh, midway through the first period, a prime example where... Barzy just put on the Jets, and Nick Letty did a very nice job on that goal as well with a great pass to set up the two-on-one, and you can't stop speed like that. It's just very, very difficult, and the Islanders came through with a strong performance throughout this game with speed. The shorthanded goal by Jean-Gabriel Pajot, also a burst of speed on that goal, and that one was more or less the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to the pit, uh, the Boston Bruins, rather, because they absolutely just did not have uh, any answer for that, and Pajot, with a, with a, a nice 
burst of speed to get in there and create the shorthanded breakaway. Pellick with the good pass. Bam! The shorthanded goal makes it 5-2. to two, And that is more or less what, you know, all she wrote, even though the Islanders ended up with a lot more. And, you know, the prettiest goal to me uh, is the Eberly goal in the third period. Barzal with a nice feed and Eberly just faked out Yaroslav Halak and, and, and beat him. But again, uh, the speed of Barzal, the speed of Pajot, these are the kind of uh, plays that just make a difference. And also the awareness of Anthony Bevilier, who made a great play in what turned out to be the game-winning goal, where the defenseman was just a little sleepy. Frederick, he he handled the puck in front of the goal, but wasn't aware. And Bo, Bo just took the puck right off his stick. And that was a heads-up play. Gets his first goal of the year. It has got to feel so good for Anthony Bevilier to be off the schneid, as they say. And, you know, Oliver Wallstrom got the last goal for the Islanders with about three and a half minutes left. And it had to feel good for Wallstrom. And here's the other thing. Uh, Wallstrom did a great job of back-checking in this game. And on at least two or three occasions, I noticed him with heads-up play in his own zone. And that really does make a difference for the Islanders. That's, uh, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, the fact that he was willing to back-check, to to you know, make plays like that where he came back and broke up a pass or or was willing to block a shot. That's why Oliver Wallstrom right now is in the lineup more consistently, whereas players like Kiefer Bellows uh, is not, you know, he's not going to see the ice regularly until he earns that trust. And the way you earn that trust is to be responsible in your own zone. We saw that from Wallstrom in this game in the third period when the Islanders were protecting their lead, and that was a good thing. Uh, one bad point here in this game that I think has to be mentioned, uh, the Islanders losing Cal Clutterbuck early on, just three minutes of ice time for Clutter 307 to be exact, he did not return after just playing in the first period. And as the game went on, you know, the Islanders, he didn't play in the second. Early in, in the third, the Islanders officially ruling clutter out. So we will update you on the injury status of Cal Clutterbuck as soon as we get an update on him. But overall, an explosive five-goal third period, and the Islanders come out with a 7-2 win three times this year. The Islanders have faced the Boston Bruins three times. The Islanders have won the game in regulation, and I might add, uh, the Bruins only have four regulation losses all season. Three of them have come from the New York Islanders, but speed, team speed overall, I think the clear difference in this game for the Islanders, they come out with a big two points that they really, truly needed. And all of a sudden, if you look at the standings, the Islanders now in second place. They are one point behind the Bruins, although Boston does have 
two games in hand. Tight, tight standings right now in the East Division. The top five teams are separated by a total of three points. And here's the thing. Yeah, you know, we're not even halfway through this season yet, but only four of those five teams or only four teams from this division are going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. And wins like last night's are why the Islanders are, you know, they're making their case that they're going to be one of those four teams. We have a lot more to discuss. want to talk about a, a problem that I had with the Islanders game last night and, and why things were not uh, perfect in this game. So I want to address that issue. And uh, we will have our Islanders birthday of the day and we'll preview the two games in Pittsburgh. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fans, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season might be over, but you still have the NBA, college basketball, and of course the NHL. They're in full swing, and hey, pitchers and catchers have already reported, so baseball is just around the corner. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON20. That's uh, promo code LOCKEDON20. You'll get a 50% bonus. You put $100 into your account for the first deposit. They'll put $50 more in your account absolutely free. So bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Islanders, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So, again, the Islanders with an outstanding third period, five goals in that period. They come away with the 7-2 to two win, and yet there is something I wanted to address, and I tweeted about it during the game, and I think it's important to discuss. Uh, for the first 40 minutes of this hockey game, the Islanders did not play Islanders-style hockey. And I think the shots on goal simply indicate that. Through 40 minutes, the Bruins had 28 shots on goal. And they finished the game with 36 shots on goal. Now in the third, the Islanders had 18 shots to just 8 for Boston. And it was a you know very much a one-sided third period. But... It's a mixed bag because realistically, if the Islanders are going to go toe-to-toe playing wide-open firebrand hockey against the Boston Bruins, that is not a recipe for victory all that often for this hockey team. And yet, they got some very strong goaltending from Simeon Varlamov to bail them out of some tough situations in the first two periods especially. And in the third period, after they got the lead, 
the Islanders more or less shut things down against the Boston Bruins, and they played their style of hockey much better in the third period, and it doesn't have to do with the goals. It has to do also with the way that the Islanders came back and limited Boston's quality scoring chances in that third period. And whenever there was a 50-50 battle for the puck, it was the Islanders in the third period who were winning it. And I guess it's encouraging that for 40 minutes, the Islanders did not play their style of hockey, did not really implement that defense-first Barry Trotz system, and they were still tied 2-2 two to two with the best team in the Eastern Division, or at least the team with the best record in the Eastern Division. So the Bruins have to be uh, very disappointed because they had their opportunities, and Simeon Varlamov really did a great job for the Islanders. And he also picked up an assist in this game, so uh, he got his first point. We talked about Bavillier getting his first goal. I got to also add this. I really did feel badly for ex-Islanders goalie Yaroslav Halak because the Bruins are normally, normally a very solid defensive team. And in this game, they hung Halak out to dry. So many breakaways and odd man rushes and rebounds and uh, second and third opportunities, and the Bruins just didn't clear them out. And then, you know, we talked earlier about the Islanders' team speed. When you get guys coming through the neutral zone with that burst of speed, it is very, very difficult for a goaltender to stop a lot of odd man rushes created by that kind of uh, speed. And the other thing I think that I wanted to add from an Islanders' perspective, certainly, the Islanders' defensemen did a very good job of activating in this game and getting involved in the play. And it realistically showed uh, in the scoreboard. Two assists in this game for Nick Letty. Ryan Pulak with an assist. Noah Dobson with a helper. And then Adam Pellick, a goal and an assist. So every defenseman, uh, you know, four out of the six there involved in the scoring, all of the defensemen were at least a plus one on the plus minus side of things. And that is also encouraging. In fact, Matt Martin and Leo Komarov were the only Islanders who were even on the plus minus. Everybody else was at least a plus one. So, uh, overall, a very strong third period for the Islanders, and the Islanders managed to play the first two periods in a way that wasn't their usual style, and yet they still went toe-to-toe with a very talented and deep Boston Bruins team, and that is encouraging. When I go back and, you know, think about the Islanders' glory years and their Stanley Cup dynasty. One of the things I heard so many people when I interviewed them for my book Ice Wars and I spoke to former Rangers and Islanders players and and coaches and and broadcasters and reporters and one of the things that so many opponents of those great dynasty teams said was 
that Al Arbor's teams could beat you any way you wanted to play. If you wanted to play wide open, fire wagon hockey, they'll beat you 7-5. If you wanted to play a physical game, you know, they had guys like Gary Howitt and Clark Gillies and, and the Sutters who could go toe-to-toe with you if that's the game you wanted to play. If you wanted to play a tight-checking, two-to-one style of hockey game, they could beat you that way as well. And I think what we saw last night from this New York Islanders team was a willingness to play well enough when they weren't playing their style of hockey to play evenly with one of the best teams in the NHL. And I think that is a definite positive that we could take away from this game. All right, when we come back, we will talk about our Islanders' birthday of the day and the two big games coming up this weekend against the Penguins at the Coliseum. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close out your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. So, the Islanders uh, heading into two big games against the Penguins this weekend, but first, it's time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're going to go back to the late 70s for this one, and we're going to wish a very happy 65th birthday to former Islanders forward Mike Kaziki. Kaziki with the Islanders from 1977-78 through the middle of the 79-80 season when they dealt him to the Washington Capitals in exchange for defenseman Gordy Lane, who was a big part of the Islanders' Stanley Cup run as well. Sort of an underrated part. Kaziki, uh, originally drafted in the second round by Bill Torrey in the 1976 draft, the Hartford, or then New England Whalers, drafted him in the WHA, but he signed with the Islanders, made his debut in 77-78, and uh, had his best season with the Isles in 78-79, 16 goals and 34 points for him there. The thing about Kaziki, he was not the most gifted offensive player at the NHL level, but in the AHL, he really was outstanding. And, you know, he won three awards in 1981-82 in the AHL. He was the most valuable player in the league. He was the top scorer in the league. And he won the Fred T. Hunt Memorial Award, which is for sportsmanship and perseverance, sort of like the Lady Bing Trophy. We're going to go back and look at one of Mike Kaziki's better offensive efforts as an Islander at the Nassau Coliseum, October 16th, 1979, Islanders hosting, yes, the Atlanta Flames. Pat Riggin is the goalie for the Flames in this game against battling Billy Smith for the Islanders. Islanders draw first blood early on, just two minutes, 18 seconds in. Defenseman Dave Lewis gets his first of the season. Mike Kaziki with the assist, but 
the Flames battled back in the second period. Bob Murdoch, his first from Kent Nielsen at 6.53. It's a 1-1 game. But the Islanders take the lead midway through the period. Ivan Vator, his first from Steve Tambellini at 10.46. And then in the second period with Big Willie Plett in the penalty box for slashing. John Tonelli, a power play goal. Mike Bossy and Jean Potvan with the helpers 3-1 to one in favor of the Islanders. In the third, Mike Kaziki gets his first of the year. Billy Harris and Dave Lewis with the assists, and then Brian Trottier, his second of the season from Dave Lewis. That puts the icing on the cake. Islanders skate away with a 5-1 to one win over the Atlanta Flames, and Mike Kaziki, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a one-goal, one-assist performance. He is a plus-two, scoring on his only shot of the game. Dave Lewis, the defenseman, with a big Offensive game for him, a goal and two assists. Billy Smith with 19 saves in 20 shots faced to earn the victory. Dave Longevin, by the way, uh, going toe-to-toe with Darcy Rhoda in this game in the final two minutes. So happy birthday and many, many happy and healthy more to Mike Kaziki. He turns 65 today. And uh, a part of the Islanders' great teams of the late 70s traded midway through that first Stanley Cup season for Gordy Lane in uh, a trade that really kind of helped both teams. So this weekend, it is the Islanders and the Penguins. And rest assured, Islander fans, that the Islanders are not going to forget the two losses that Pittsburgh put on them in Pittsburgh last weekend. So... The Islanders need to come back and get a little revenge. They did not take advantage of a Penguins team that really has struggled offense, uh, defensively excuse me, throughout most of this season. Their last game after beating the Islanders twice, they beat the Capitals once, but then lost to the Capitals 5-2 uh, to two last night. So, again, that defense, that lack of consistency on defense has been an issue for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you have a lot of the usual names still with this Penguins team. The top line, Sidney Crosby, Jake Gunsel, and Kasperi Kapanen. Evgeny Malkin, the second line center with Zach Aston, Reese, and Brian Rust now on his wings. The third line, Teddy Bluger with Sam Lafferty and Brandon Tanev on his wings, and Mark Jankowski is the fourth-line pivot with Drew O'Connor and Colton Sevior on either side of him. Pierre-Olivier Joseph and Chris Letang are the top pairing on D. Michael Matheson and John Marino are the second grouping, and then Marcus Pedersen and Cody Ceci are the third defensive pairing for the Penguins. Goaltending remains an issue. Tristan Jarry and Casey DeSmith, neither one of them outstanding, although Jarry played well against the Islanders both times that these teams played last week. But the Islanders didn't do enough to test him. And hopefully this weekend, we actually see some more from the Islanders offensively because they have got to be able to take advantage of a Penguins team that struggles in their own zone and has been very inconsistent in that area. 
Pittsburgh can score. There's no question about that, and they've got a lot of weapons, but they are uh, 18th in goals against in the league, and they would be even lower if they had played more games. Special teams, also an issue. 23rd on the power play and 25th on the PK, so hopefully the Islanders' power play can get in there and take advantage of this weakness that the Penguins have on the PK. That's going to do it for us on today's show. We'll be back Monday to recap both games against the Penguins from this weekend. Have a great weekend. Can't believe we are almost in March already. Stay safe, everybody, and of course, let's go Islanders!